0: Hey, hey, welcome back to the second episode of Own Your Ish. I'm your host, Cynthia Korn, and I am really excited to get started today. I am talking all about anxiety, and we're going to talk about how we recognize it, how we cope with it, and how we go about and live our normal daily lives. Uh, Some of you may experience anxiety on a daily basis some of you, it may happen when big projects are coming due and sometimes it's when major life events are happening. And one thing I want to normalize before we even get going is that anxiety is going to look very different for a lot of people. And what I want to get away from is shaming people who deal with anxiety. Now, I will say that the more that we recognize what it looks like in our lives, how it shows up, what it does to us, um, also what it feels like in our body. And then as we learn how to cope with it, right? What are those coping skills that help you get through an anxiety attack? What are things that we, we can do kind of in the moment to bring ourselves and center ourselves in, in the moment? Because, uh, sometimes our anxiety kind of comes and flashes and sometimes it'll last for a while. Um, but I also want to normalize that if you have anxiety attacks or, um, you know, a diagnosed anxiety disorder that requires medication, there's no shame in that. I will say my own story with anxiety is um, kind of this long love story, kind of the love-hate relationship with it. Um, anxiety For me, at times, this reminded me, you know, yep, this is really important. I want to get it done. Let's keep going. Let's push forward. Um, But at other times, anxiety has become very overwhelming and feels like it will almost swallow me whole. And so I want to give an example of what this may look like. And some of you may relate with this. And um, I I will say kind of the caveat um, in front of this is also that I have ADHD and I, I will say probably more ADD, the older that I get, (laughs) the hyperactivity definitely isn't there as much as it was uh, when I was younger, but um, I was undiagnosed until much later in my adult years. And I am really sad that I actually wasn't diagnosed a lot earlier. I feel that if I had been given the opportunity to see what anxiety looks like, I have it normalized and actually be put on medication earlier, I may not have lost so much time to what I call, call the anxiety fog that hangs around me. And I call it that because it, it almost feels like it's oppressive, that it's just sitting on you, that it that it can weigh you down, and oftentimes it's very overwhelming. And so for me, one of the things that happens is that I will often get into what's what um, I've recently learned it to be called is like an ADD or anxiety paralysis, and this is where you may find yourself sitting in a very messy living room, Um, or for me, I'm sitting in my office right now, and I'm currently looking at all the stuff, and that's me just like looking and feeling even the anxiety kind of creep up because there's just shit everywhere, just shit everywhere. And that comes, you know, into play for a variety of different reasons. But what happens is you may find yourself sitting in all of the stuff, all of the things that are around you. Maybe your house is messy or your living room needs to be picked up, or maybe everything is completely spotless, but there are a lot of things on your to-do list. You know they need to get done, and it's not as if some magic motivation is going to come on and, and spur you to get off the couch what's happening is we're in this paralysis, right? Like for me, it feels as though everything is so overwhelming. There's so much to do. There's so much that I have to get on top of that I'll never get ahead. So why even start it? Right. And, and to me now on this side of the introspective work that I've done, I've worked a lot with a therapist. I've worked with some life coaches along the way. And what I've really been able to do is to kind of recognize a few things that are happening that lets me know I am in an anxiety fog. Okay. And again, that's my terminology. Remember, I'm not a therapist. I'm not licensed to do this. Um, my partner was supposed to join us tonight, uh, but we had some technical difficulties. So, um, I just want to say in my anxiety fog, a few things that I've come to recognize for myself that says, you know, Hey, these are your triggers. These are your warnings. Here are the signs that you may need to start centering yourself and doing some coping mechanisms to pull pull yourself out of this anxiety fog. Or it may just feel like a funk to you. But I absolutely don't wanna minimize or simplify what anxiety feels like because it is absolutely different for everyone. And even your own anxiety may change over time. So with that being said, here are a few things that I've come to recognize in myself that say, hey, it's about time that you For me, this is just what I tell myself, it's time for you to get up, get centered, and get going. Now, please remember that not every coping skill that I talk about today will be useful for you. It may not be. And you may have some useful tips and tricks for me. Send them my way. I'm always looking to add more tools to my toolbox because I know that during certain times of my life, anxiety has been sky high and much harder to deal with. So, you know, for me, here's, here's what I recognize around me. So like I talked about, my desk is just covered in shit. There's just stuff everywhere. There's dishes that are in the sink and there's laundry that needs to be folded. Now, Typical common things you may see in a regular house, right? With no anxiety. But for me, I'm one who has, uh, after living with my best friend, Sarah, I was not this way beforehand, but after living with her, I became very routine, very, very much in, in the frame of mind of there's a place for everything. Let's put things away. And, you know, what I found is when I was more organized and I was putting things away, my anxiety was less. And so for me, my anxiety will really kick up if my space is really disorganized. So one of the things that I start to do when I notice that there is a big mess, the first step that I do is I tackle it a little bit at a time. Meaning, I just mentioned that I had stuff in my office and in my living room, in the dishes, there's laundry uh, that needs to be folded. So I'm going to take it one thing at a time. And so for me, it's that I actually get up, like I get up off the couch I, I just take a breath and I speak some reality into the situation. You're just going to go do one thing, okay? And then I use a, a technique I learned from Mel Robbins, which is the five second uh, rule. So you just count to five or count back from five. Five, four, three, two, one. And when I say one, I get up and I just go do that one thing. Now notice that I'm not sitting here saying that I get up and I go, Put away all the dishes from the dishwasher and reload it and fold all the laundry and organize my office and then da, 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 right? No, I pick one thing and sometimes I'll choose the easiest thing. Like what is, what is it going to take to even get going? And if I'm in a really bad anxiety funk, I may even take that one simple task. For example, my office, I know that it needs to be clean. I need to put things away. It's where I work now. I work in my home office. Uh, Very blessed in in that way. But if this space gets really cluttered or there's a lot of unnecessary stuff that doesn't really belong here because it started out as a junk room and is transitioning into my office, I know that if I come in and I try to organize everything, I may not get it all done. It may still be a lot. And when my anxiety is really, really bad, even just the thought of organizing my desk Putting everything away, making sure everything gets into its right spot seems overwhelming. And so what I do, again, I speak some reality into it. You're just going to do one thing of the one thing, right? So we break it down into parts. Easy to deal with, easy to kind of manage, right? And easy for me. Again, I don't want to put any qualitators on it because it is definitely different for everyone. But for me, uh, take, for example, the desk. Right, So we've talked about I needed to come in, organize it, get everything cleared off and put away. So I may just organize the chaos. So I have gone through the stacks that are on my desk and I've sorted. I may throw away things that I know I don't need and I have set off to the side in neat organized piles, piles I need to go through. Now, some people may say, "Just, just go in, get it done, ram through it, and that may work for you. And remember, what works for you is what matters. Because what I have come to find is that when I break my tasks down into reasonable, manageable steps, it makes it so much easier just to get things done. And sometimes I have to recognize that my anxiety does get the better of me. And if all I get done is one small, minuscule part of a bigger task, then I know that I've done some good. In, in my life that day, right? And then anxiety hasn't gotten the better of me. But let's talk about what happens when we see anxiety taking over us that it may feel like it's swallowing you whole. If it is, first thing I wanna say is reach out for help, whether it's to a, uh, you know, a professional, a therapist, your doctor, uh, friends, families, life coaches, you know whoever it is that you turn to for, for assistance in, in big, big hard times, Make sure you're letting them know. And the more that we talk about anxiety and mental health, the more normal it becomes, right? We're going to normalize that. And that's probably the scariest time for me. I don't know about you, but when I feel anxiety kind of coming up and getting the better of me and it's like day after day after day, then it is now multiple things that are on top. So again, I start to recognize this by how I'm feeling. So I started actually listening to my body as well. So for me, I know that an anxiety attack is coming on or I am in the throes of a deep, dark anxiety, sometimes depression filled anxiety moment. And that is, um, you know, a little scary because it feels like I may not come out of it. I'm not sure exactly what to do, but what I've noticed is that my body is, you know, uh, there's a book called the body keeps score and very much so because my body will always let me know. That something's going on. And so for me, it's that I get a sour stomach out of the blue, out of nowhere. Um, but it doesn't feel like a, it doesn't feel like the flu definitely feels sometimes that I may throw up, um, it becomes a little bit harder to breathe. My mind starts racing. It feels like it's turning circles and, and tumbling somersaults, and you know the butterflies in my stomach start to feel kind of like huge, giant, um, you know, butterflies with massive span of wings. And it, it's it's very hard, but I recognize that when my body is telling me that I need to do a few things. So the first thing I do is I stop, literally wherever I'm at. If I'm sitting down. Um, I just kind of come to a very seated position with both feet on the floor, my hands are on my knees (sighs) and I take one breath at a time. I try to do that about five or six times until I can kind of feel myself coming back into my body that I'm out of my head. My heart is calming down. My breathing is normalized. And my stomach is, you know, not quite as upset and I feel a little better, right? Now, I will say in my house, we've become very good at talking about anxiety and recognizing that. And so I'm, I'm very fortunate that I have a partner that, that knows when I have those anxiety moments, what needs to happen. And we'll talk a little bit kind of later on down the road about what that communication looks like when we start talking about mental health and couples. But yeah, I will say even Cecil has come to the point where he can recognize, right, what anxiety looks like for me. And sometimes what he will do is just simply place a hand on my leg, on my shoulder, just say, hey, I'm here. Or he'll hold my hand uh, if, if if I want it. Because <laughs> I will say sometimes when I'm in an anxiety moment, I'm like, oh, my gosh, everyone just step away. Leave me alone. Let this just come through. And that's OK if you want to do that. I'm not saying that you have to push away anxiety every single time, but if your anxiety starts to get to the point where it's debilitating, some of these coping mechanisms may help. So breathing, talking some in talking some reality into your situation is another big piece. And I will say one of the other things that may help is when you are using a coping mechanism of, you know, maybe a therapist that you text. Uh, there are several online sites that do that now. Um, even life coaches can help with the ang- ang- anxious moments, the anxiety ridden moments, uh, but you know, finding those people that you can talk to and just, you know, saying, Hey, I'm feeling a moment. Can you help me? And when we create those spaces and we honor those spaces as friends, right? When people come to me and they're, they're anxious, I definitely feel a lot of empathy and I open places in my heart to kind of let them in and help them through that situation. And it's, I'm not saying that it's easy. Uh, some situations are really hard and sometimes we just need those people to talk to. And so those are some things that, that can really help, You know, talking to somebody, breathing, um, centering yourself. Now this one has become a little bit harder for me at times when anxiety is really big and when there's just a lot going on because I'm, if I don't have the exact plan or know exactly where I'm going, my anxiety ratchets up higher. And so when I, when I talk about centering for myself, sometimes it's done through breathing and sometimes it is just simply, I will take my thumb and my forefinger on uh, one hand and I will massage that point right between your thumb and your first finger, right? I will massage that for myself, right? And that helps me to kind of do two things at once. One It is an outside, right? An external stimulus that is helping to bring some feeling into my body. That's away from my head. It helps to calm my heart because it's very soothing for me. And then it also helps just to bring me back to a centered space where I can start to think rationally. Now, when you add breathing techniques in with this, what those breathing techniques are actually doing are actually flooding your brain with oxygen because anxiety And those of us who are uh, chronic anxiety warriors, right? Like the things that happen to us with anxiety is it's kind of day in, day out, or we have really bad symptoms of it. What we may see at times is that it becomes so traumatized that it actually will send us to, you know, the back of our brain, right? The fight or flight, got to know what to do. How do we protect ourselves? And so... When we breathe, it floods our brain with oxygen, brings us back to the front part of our brain where executive functioning is happening, where we can think rationally. <laughs> okay. I laugh at this because sometimes it's, it's hard to get there on a daily basis, right? Uh, we we want to be able to stay in that, that frontal part of our brain to really be able to think clearly and rationally. And that's where I can then begin speaking some reality into my situation, such as when I'm feeling very overwhelmed with things. And there's just so much on my plate. The thing for me to do is to speak reality into it is I actually like to make to-do lists as well. Um, I try to keep it to five or less just because I know that there's more than five, but these are five things that I can do right now. Or simple little things. Let's, let's speak some reality into the situation. Name me five things uh, uh, that are blue right now, or tell me, find five different colors in the room. Great four different things that you can smell, three of your favorite meals to have, two, two friends' names, one thing that you'd love to do right now. Okay. And what happens with that exercise, I used to use this with my kids at, at the alternative school a lot. And what that does, it again, helps to calm your breathing calm you down. this also helps when kids are a little overwhelmed um, with emotions um, or things to do as well. And it also helps to reset your brain, brings you back to the front because you start to slow down your breathing. You start to get more oxygen in, and then you can start thinking clearly. And by the time you get down to naming that one thing, typically your brain is thinking rationally again. And that's what we want, right? We want to get into the space where we can speak reality and rationally in, in, against the anxiety that may be coming up. And so one of the things that I've started to do for myself, um, I will say it's a work in progress, And but I wanted to share it because it's something that has really started to help me. And um, even my partner who um, can get a little <laughs> foggy headed himself, he just has a lot on his plate and a lot of people depend on him and he is making some big moves, which is exciting. But what typically tends to happen is that the more that is going on, the more that is going on in your head, right? The more you're thinking about, trying to keep track of, and oftentimes we'll just kind of lose things here or there, misplace them because, you know, we get out of habit of putting things away. And so what I've done for both of us to kind of help reduce the anxiety that comes along in the morning when you can't find your keys or you can't uh, find your shoes or you're just unsure where you put something is I started to create structures in my life. So one of the things I did is right by the front door, I put a box, uh, just a small little box that sits on top of a a stand that holds uh, a bucket now for masks, uh, dirty masks, you take them off, you put them in the bucket. And then it also holds all of the, uh, you know, hats and scarves and gloves uh, for winter time. But on top of that, there's a box. And the purpose of the box is that when you come in, you hang your keys up on the key rack right next to the door. And then you put all of the stuff from your pockets. So um, headphones, uh, work IDs, uh, any loose change that you may have, we put it there. We put it in a loose change jar later. Um, But everything that we may need as we walk out the door should all be by the front door. Um, I've also tried my best, I won't say that I'm perfect at it, but definitely trying to fold laundry straight out of the dryer into the hamper instead of taking the clothes out of the dryer and into the hamper. Um, this will probably be my work in progress for a long time because besides dishes, laundry, I hate it. I just hate it. It's, I, it just is not my favorite. Um, I don't mind washing. It's the folding and putting away part. But I've, I've discovered that when we take that extra step right away, instead of trying to put it into the basket and then carrying it upstairs and folding it in the bedroom and then putting it away, uh, you know, it's just that many more steps. And I don't know about you, but when we have our, uh, when I have my stepdaughter here, there's a lot going on anyways. And so oftentimes she may need something or we get sidetracked on the way and we're like, you know, we tell ourselves, yeah, 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 I'll get to that. But we all know that that's not going to happen. So, those are a few things that I've really started to do that have helped me. But the biggest thing is the structure, right? Um, I am working from home now, and the anxiety has definitely come back. Um, some days better than others. I've definitely had a few really bad days in the last couple of weeks. Um, because I was so anxious about getting the podcast up and going and making sure that it was perfect and trying to do all the things that, um, my perfectionist self does because that is anxiety, right? That is how anxiety shows up in my life. Um, but they, it was really hard. But when I started to put myself back on a schedule, meaning I'm getting up at a specific time still, I am, you know, I like to meal prep and have meals ready to go. So we're getting back into that habit. Um, you know, I watched my mom do dishes after dinner and that's something that, you know, just helps keep the kitchen clean. Um, my, I have a friend who is doing, uh, he has a routine for his cleaning. So like Mondays are the living room, Tuesday is the kitchen, Wednesday is bathrooms. And I thought, what a great idea, right? Like structures and schedules. Um, I, I think I, I butted up against them so much because when I left my job last spring, I hated all the structure (laughs) or so I thought, you know, I was up every morning up at four. I was working out. I was emailing at first thing in the morning, getting things ready then getting to work, hitting the ground running. And then I'd work just straight through the day all the way to the end. And then, you know, try to do it all over again the next day. And it just felt so structured and, and I just, it was really difficult for me. I wanted nothing to do with that after I, quit my job. And I wanted to, you know, work for myself to set my own hours. Uh, But what I came to find out is that without the structure, my anxiety increased rapidly. And so that is kind of trial and error. And I'm sharing with you all of my errors here uh, is that I I needed structure. Like I, I need to know what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. And I used to apologize for this um, and I have to catch myself once in a while because I still will find myself apologizing for needing structure. Um, now I, i love to be spontaneous, um, <laughs> sort of, um, I, I just kind of like to know the things that are, are around that, right. That are going around, whatever we're going to do, I want to know all the stuff around it. You know, where are we going? Who is it going to be with? How long we're we going to be there? Right. And when can I leave? Right. Is that the introverts <laughs> question list? Um, but you know, and that's something that I'm really working on as well is that I I want to be able to be more spontaneous and just be able to do whatever, whenever, and, and enjoy it and not have to worry so much about, um, you know, what's all planned and making sure that all the contingency plans are in place. Um, I will say that's an occupational hazard. Every principal and educator, you will know exactly what I mean. Uh, we, we want to know what's coming every day, And to have several plans in place if the first one falls through. Um, So I'm learning some new techniques for myself. I hope that some of the techniques that I've given today will be able to help you. Um, You know, but I want to kind of finish out by talking about the fact that anxiety does not have to be the be all end all for you. If your anxiety is disrupting your normal everyday life, talk to a professional getting on medication may, may help. It may be that you need to process through some stuff. Maybe there's some trauma that you're holding on to. Uh, maybe there's some big decisions in your life that you need help with. And, and maybe you need a life coach for that. Um, I will say the life coach that I have used over the past year, along with my therapist have helped me to really focus on what it is that I want to do, right? What is it that I want to do with my life? Um, And I want to talk about that in a later podcast, because after you've worked in education for 20 years and then try to figure out what to do next, it's kind of like a loss of an identity. Uh, So, you know, anxiety has been a battle for me, but I have really started to pick up on my structures, my schedules, my coping mechanisms, breathing. And I've even found, um, you know, that working out and exercising right now, I'm, I'm in yoga trying to stretch out my body because I sit too much during the day. But, uh, you know, just those little things are helping as well. So I I wanted to, you know, kind of come with some ideas. We're going to be talking with a therapist next week about how to, you know, recognize, you know, some different mental health issues that we may have, what we can do about it, and just some strategies that kind of help walk us through also changes. Um, and what does a change cycle actually look like? And uh, so I really encourage you to t- tune in next week as we kind of continue on. Uh, w- this may end up being kind of a series, a mental health series. Uh, I've had a lot of requests actually from last week when I asked for topics you want covered. Mental health was the most common and I know that it'll look different for everybody. I think it's also important to hear from medical professionals that do this for a living. And um, I'm really excited to kind of guide you and myself through some of these learning opportunities because I think when we start to own our shit, right? Like, I have anxiety, I know that there are certain things that cause me anxiety. So if I can, I try to get rid of those things or try to change those things. So if I know that unfolded laundry in a basket is going to cause me anxiety, let me set something up that will put me on the path to success to fold the clothes and put them away. And this also helps when you have an accountability partner, right? So I, fortunately for me, I'm very blessed to have a partner at home. Uh, But, you know, this is another opportunity to invite your friends or your family, therapist, coach, you know, whoever, to help hold you accountable. So if you're setting up a structure to reduce anxiety in your life, how are you doing it? What does it look like? What are the resources you need to make that happen? If you need resources and what does accountability look like? And if you're not doing it, what does that look like? Right. So that's part of accountability. What does it look like? What are the consequences of not following through? And, you know, recognizing that when you bring in outside help and you start allowing people to be there to support you through these big changes because dealing with anxiety is a big deal and it's not always easy and oftentimes we'll take outside help to really kind of see through um, the heaviness that anxiety can bring on or the fog. That's what it feels like for me. Um, Anxiety brings that on and it's helpful to have those outside forces that are saying, "Hey, this seems a little off. Let's talk about this. Are you, you know, sticking to your schedule? Are you doing what you need to do to keep yourself safe and healthy?" So I want to thank everyone for coming today and listening and, you know, diving a little bit into anxiety. This is just the tip of the iceberg, just my story, things that I'm doing to take care of myself. I'm really curious to hear from you. So your homework today from Ms. Corn is I want you to look at your life, see where anxiety is stemming from. What's the root cause of it? There are a lot of different ways in which anxiety will show up in our lives. And as we start to recognize that, we're going to back up a few steps and say, what is creating this anxiety and what can I do about that? Is it that I need to change what I'm doing? Do I need to put things in a different order? Do I need to set things up the night before? Such as, you know, are you going to work out in the morning? Why not set all your clothes out with your shoes, your socks, your sports bra, if you need that, If guys, your shorts and shirts, whatever, whatever you need to work out in the morning. Okay, or if you know that you're always running behind, I'm raising my hand right now because I'm totally guilty. If you know you're always running behind in the morning, what are things that you can do to set yourself up for success? Are you a coffee drinker and got to have the coffee? Can you set your coffee to an automatic so that it's made in the morning so you can grab and go? Can you meal prep so all your stuff is ready and pack your meals the night before? So again, grab and go out the door. And when I suggest these different coping mechanisms, different strategies, uh, know that it may work for a while and it may need a change, or it may, you know, be the golden goose for you, right? The thing that makes it all better. But just know that anxiety can still creep up in different, in different ways, in different places, and that the more that we begin to know ourselves, kind of what anxiety feels like, what it looks like in our lives, you know, for me, it's clutter stuff not being put away that tells me, Hey, something's going on. Let's figure out what it is, what we need to do. And let's get back on track. And so as we begin to know ourselves and own shit more and more often, it's easier to talk about it and to actually do something about it. And I don't feel quite as paralyzed as often. It hasn't completely gone away, but these are things that have definitely helped. So with that, thank you all for, for coming to listen today. Um, again, I'm really excited that you're here to join me. If you have any ideas that you want to send my way, things you want to hear about, again, please feel free to reach out and let me know. Um, other than that, please rate and review and share this podcast. I'd love to have more listeners. Um, and again, thanks to our sponsor anchor, uh, for helping us out. Um, take a, take a look at it. You can download the free app anchor.fm. It's pretty cool, pretty easy. You can do just about everything for your podcast right from that app. So pretty cool. Uh and it's free. Even better, right? And the fact that it What you say, what you say, what you might do. Do you Hope you all have a great day.